Why didn't I spell out the entirety of the gospel? What if she wanted to know? I pray again when I arrive home, clearly sensing God wants me to write her a letter, share my heart about my life, Jesus, all the healing he's done inside me, the forgiveness he offers even now. Though I feel like I've flunked Evangelism 101, I send the letter. A little later, I call her. Thank you for the letter, she wheezes. You're welcome, I reply, still hesitant. You don't understand, she says. I love that letter. I read it over and over again. Thank you for writing it. I choke out an I love you and hang up. A few days later, she lets out her last breath. I stand above my grandmother's grave, a gaping muddy hole in the Ohio earth. The casket holding the shell of her body teeters on top as the wind blows through me, around me. Barren trees reach stark limbs to the sky as if to beckon it to send sunshine. I remember bingo, the prayer, the letter. I have no idea if my grandmother met Jesus, but in that sacred silence, I am stirred to sing Amazing Grace over the coffin, though the wind blows and the trees creak branches together. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Sobs warble my voice just as others join in. A thin place, this Ohio graveyard— I can nearly see Jesus' smile as I catch a paper-thin glimpse of heaven on the November breeze. God's fingerprints are everywhere, in the sacred intersection of melancholy and joy. I feel like Jacob, himself akin to thin places. Head pillowed on a rock, Jacob dreams crazy ladder dreams where angels dance up and down to and from God's presence. God shouts covenant words in the dream, words establishing Jacob as a patriarch and promising Jacob his presence. Jacob wakes up and utters these words, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. Genesis chapter 28, verse 16, New American Standard Bible. Surely God is in the nooks and crannies of my life, stooping to earth to woo me. Sometimes I recognize Him, but usually I continue on the mundane path, not realizing a breath of a veil exists between the Almighty and myself. Margaret Becker's song, Cave It In, beautifully captures this. I know the wall between us is just paper thin. Why can't I? Why can't I? Why can't I just cave it in? So porous these walls may be, but I'm still clawing at the seams. That's me. I live in the midst of holy moments, yet only in retrospect do I really see them. I claw at the seams of life, questioning God's ways, seldom realizing that if I'd stop clawing, I would capture new glimpses of Him through the thin places. God woos me from behind the veil, through the tragedies, beauties, surprises, simplicities, and snatches of my life I might overlook. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. Chapter 1. Studebaker at four years old, long before seatbelt laws, I crouched down on the floor of my father's dying Studebaker, pressing my left eye to the rusted floor where a convenient hole the size of my kneecap beckons. From time to time, I look up from the floor, spying Jim, I never call him father, who wears a thrift store cap over a bald head, dark brown fringe curls spilling out. It's the way our weekend visits go, an endless supply of quirky adventures with Jim at the helm. He nods at the hole, encouraging me with a smile to watch the street. I notice the wrinkles around his eyes. I hover again over the hole while gray cement speeds past, blocks and miles whirring beneath my rapt gaze. 
I glimpsed something of eternity, the ongoing universe passing me by, slowing to a stop when Jim applies pressure to the brake. Later, when I share this memory, well-meaning adults spoil it by launching into a diatribe about how I could have lost an eye, wondering why in the world Jim didn't have any sense. I to the Studebaker's rusting floor, I don't know God. Something in my preschool chest longs for a God who controls the rush of the street below, who holds the world's speed steady or brings it to an abrupt halt by applying pressure to a brake. One ordinary fifth-grade day, I am doing something rudimental like fractions or spelling or reading when the secretary's voice blares over the intercom. Will Mary please come to the office right away? The undercurrent of alarm in her voice startles me. I pick up my things and leave the classroom. I meander, somehow knowing that at the end of the outdoor walkway, a terribly dark secret will be revealed and my life will never be the same. I walk alone down the hall.